0: Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the Senior Pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today, and I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message, and God bless you. Hallelujah. We are continuing uh, in the Word of God. Say, I worship. One more time, I worship. Um, When... The wise men from the east heard about Jesus. Uh, the Bible says they, they searched for him. Uh, they found him and they came to worship him. Amen. Uh, they came to worship him and they gave him three gifts. Amen. In the common class. ini nani nani bazalane ah uh, balazi bapilini nani ikolide namakha nenhla aw bazalane kono uthi nenhlama angazi ukuthi hayi ashonjana eh they gave him gold and what else Konoti silver bazalane ayi It was gold. Frankincense. Frankincense. Turn with me to the book of Psalm 45 and verse number 1. How many wise men came from the east? Three. Yeah. Yeah. i I got three gifts. But wise men from the east. <laughs> 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 <fifva> <laughs> from the people who are going be the fish Psalm 45 and verse number one, I'm going to read it first in the New King James Version. It says, My heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. In the Passion Translation, it says, My heart is on fire. Boiling over with passion. Bubbling up within me are these beautiful lyrics. As a lovely poem to be sung for the king. Like a river bursting its banks, I'm overflowing with words. Spilling out into this sacred story. Spilling out into this sacred story, change diversion. Let's do the last one message translation. My heart bursts its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. Spilling go- beauty and goodness. I pour it out in a poem to the king, shaping the river into words, shaping, shaping the river into words. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week we have established, uh, Bazalani, that true worship begins or flows from the heart. True worship begins in the heart, it flows from the heart. Otherwise, it becomes what Jesus referred to as vain worship, vain worship. When he was um, um, uh, engaging with um, others, he said in the book of Matthew uh, 15 verse 8, he said, these people drawn near to me with their mouth they draw me they draw near to me with their mouths he said they honor me with their lips but their heart is far away from me and, and he continues to say in vain in vain they worship me so jesus was regarding that kind of worship that lacks heart as Vain worship. So worship it is, but it is in vain. Why? Because the mouth is saying the right things, but the heart is far from what the mouth is saying. Are we here? Now, it's very important for us to also note that it does not matter really what we say or do, Especially on the outside, God will always look at the heart. Not that what we are doing outside is not important. It is important. But it must correspond with what is happening in our hearts. Are we here, Bazalwan? God will always look at the heart. Whether you are praying, whether you are giving in, in other words, anything that you are doing in his name, anything that you are doing for him, or anything that you are doing claiming that you are doing it for him, God will always look at the heart. Are we here? And because this is where the motive comes from, or this is where the real thing will be taking place, from the heart. Uh, Jesus also in another place puts it this way, at the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are we here, Abazalon? So it's very important for us to draw from the essence of worship. We need to draw our worship from its essence, which is the heart. So God will always look at the heart. First, First Samuel 16 verse 7 says, For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. So as we come to church, sing songs, dance in the presence of God, give our offerings, preach sermons, we need to... Uh, take note of the fact that God will always look at the heart. It does not mean that uh, the outside appearance does not matter. does not mean that. Uh, it does not mean, you know, we must not have a good voice. It does not mean uh, we must not have good sound. It does not mean, you know, but it's important that what we see on the outside must correspond with what is on the inside. And this is what Paul was actually emphasizing when he was talking with regards to to women. It's just that unfortunately, as the church, we ended up building a doctrine out of that, of which that is not what Paul was addressing because he was talking in terms of making women making sure that they don't focus only on their outward appearance, And there he mentions pearls, he mentions uh, uh, braids, and so forth and so on. Uh, But he did not mean that we must now establish or build a doctrine there and tell women not to braid their hair and not to wear jewelry and so forth and so on because that is not what Paul was talking about or that is not what Paul was addressing at that particular point in time. But he was simply saying, do not be so much beautiful on the outside only to find that on the inside, you are ugly. You are a horrible person, right? Uh, 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 this goes even uh, to us as the church, that we must not focus or concentrate on aesthetics in the church, you know, uh, at the expense of the presence of God, the heart of worship the the heart of loving god and serving god we need to make sure that we 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 find balance uh, but unfortunately you know in our attempt to look religious in most cases we focus on the outside because this is what men can see in order for us to be perceived as spiritual as religious uh, in churches we we put an effort in in looking like a Christian, dressing like a Christian, walking like a Christian, talking like a Christian, so that we can be regarded as spiritual more than any, anyone else, religious more than anyone else. And that is not exactly uh, 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 what we, that is not really, that is not what really uh, uh, Christianity is about. We must not look the part and, and lack the significant part, which is the true heart of following God, loving God, and loving his people. So while we, 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 we do all, and, and look, the Bible is very clear. It says, man looks at the outside appearance. That is important. That's why even earlier was, I was advising, especially ladies, this is also applicable to gents as well, but, but the reality is that man looks at the outside appearance. Ladies, make sure that your appearance is proper. Especially if you, you, you want to get married or you want to stay married. Make sure that you take good care of yourself. Go for a hand, don't only change your hairstyle every now and then. Brush your teeth, smell good, buy a perfume. It does not have to be expensive. You know, but smell good. chance smell good. Invest in a roll-on. Invest in a good, good toothpaste. Invest in a cologne. You know, invest in, 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 in soap. And, and wash, you know, your clothes. Let your white T-shirt remain white. Gents, asuasena matighi. Because this is how people are designed. They look at the outside appearance. This is what will attract them first. So, so you cannot uh, please women of God. Mm. Don't look like. you know, You know, say Please, you know, now to up the game. Uh, You know, just look good. Uh, There are certain clothes that you have to put on or invest in simply because your husband loves them. Uh, Even if you don't love them. But just do it for the sake of this man that when he looks at you, he must like, wow, I have a good wife. You you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, You know, marriage is not only about yourself. There are certain clothes that I wear because my my wife loves them. But it's not necessarily my choice or my taste. But from time to time, I will, I will accommodate that taste for her sake. So that when she looks at me, I'm going to show you how I'm going to do it. I'm going to As you tell me, it's really warm. It's powerful. So if now. And, and you know, I've seen women who put an effort to look good before they get married. But once they get married, all of a sudden, say, Ooh, you're a young kid. You know, just, you know. Ah, Nix, Ivaslina Monday to Sunday. Yeah. I go for it, man. Oh, 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 No I'm an African woman. Oh, man. Americanize yourself at least Just do something Amen Okay, yeah, you love African hair But get to find the right chemical Because you know Our hair as African people They need a little bit of work yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can't just leave it alone This, this cover of ours is, it, it did not like us so just you know find indonyana ngachacha chacha at least is kameke you know magu has style akchacha uthi he has style ungabuki uthi awukamanga vele ayibo hey man at least makupele inyanga kubonakala ukuthi ucele nakuye ubaba ukuthi mangabe uyabona iphakatha lekho and gents ne one of the reasons why Mouse Evans, you must Pay for the most expensive things in your in your marriage, yeah. so that you can free up Imalgamama. You go to attend a young kintole. You go zenza moche. Mama kanga tabang a singo. I makfai la tene perfume. Mvumele whena patala young yeah. kintonga. You go zema le akakwazutangene. You know you go nigi unkoska zwa ku inkira you go to find aso eli mali e perfume. Oh, Let your wife be free to buy whatever pair of shoes she wants to buy. installment, you see. And I you an You know, extra Uh, Saints, please, man, let's try to be, you know. Let's look good, guys, for each other. Even when you are single, just make sure that you look good so that at least the brother or the sister can have an idea of, okay, I see myself next to this person. I ah, you know we are tandaza. I'm praying for a good wife. no, the way you look does not correspond to your prayers. Especially for the kind of a woman that you want. You know. i like, i i i not i not no, brother, is a, God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outside appearance. As long as, as long as she knows my heart, take her out <laughs> to Express it through. The physical appearance, the gifts, do something. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, as long as he, he knows my. At this moment, so, you know. Yo. <laughs> That's why you must always pray for money. You, know. uh, you see why I'm saying uh, pray for money. Amen. So that you don't have to... (laughs) And my figure... Say God looks at the heart. But man looks at the outward appearance. That is what the essence of worship is all about. You know. Uh, We need to draw from the heart. But at some point, it needs to show on the outside. So, 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 the eyes of our hearts must first see Jesus. See him for who he is and what he has done in our lives or for us. And, and so that we can, the Bible says, even this is how our salvation comes. We, we believe. With our hearts. Yeah. So, so we, we, we need to allow the spirit of God to reveal who Jesus is, especially to our hearts, so that we can see him and perceive him for who he is, so that our worship and honor will flow from that place. Are we together, Pastor? That's why the blind man we spoke about last week, we, 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 we said... Uh, 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 his eyes were opened. His eyes were opened and he began to see physically that is, but critical to that, Jesus asks him, do you believe in the son of God? And of course he said, who is this son of God so that I can believe in him? Jesus says, the one you're talking to is the son of God. And when Jesus was positioning himself as the son of God, he was invoking worship from his heart. That's why after he declared his faith in Jesus, he said, I believe. And then the Bible says, and he worshipped him. Amen? Amen? And he worshipped him. Because once we begin to see Jesus for who he is, uh, allowing the Spirit of God to reveal him to us, it will invoke worship in our hearts, Pastor it will invoke worship in our hearts. Because once we, 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 we tap into the Godness of Jesus, we will not help it but desire to worship him. Matthew 14 verse 33, Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. Why? They were reminded at that moment who Jesus was. So chances are, they were walking with him because remember, this was not their first encounter with Jesus. They've been with Jesus all around. It's just that this day, he just so happened to rebuke the storm. And the storm was calm. And at that moment, the godness of Jesus was made real to them. And the Bible says they worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. And, and yes, even with us from time to time, going to church, prayer becomes so religious to a point of forgetting the fact that Jesus is not just a prophet. He's not just a figure that we use as Christians, uh, uh, as many other religions have some form of a figure that they will confess or mention in their prayers or in their walk. But here, from time to time, we need the Spirit of God to open our eyes, to show us or to even remind us of who Jesus is. Remember, one of the primary responsibilities of the Holy Spirit, it is to glorify Jesus. In other words, it is to make Him real. Why? So that we will not fall into a trap of religion Of just walking with Jesus for the sake of walking with Jesus. To a point of forgetting that this Jesus is not just Jesus. He is not just the son of man, but he's the son of God. Which makes him God. That's why they wanted to stone him when he said, I am the father, are one," Because they, they accused him of blasphemy. That's why he said, are you stoning me for the many great works that I've done? Or the fact that I am the son of God? So he, he was positioning himself in the place of God, invoking worship from their hearts because as soon as we, we have the revelation of who Jesus is, we catch a glimpse, we have that, we are in a moment of an encounter with him and our eyes are opened and we, from that place, believe him for who he is, it will invoke worship from our hearts. Are we together, Bazalon? It will invoke worship from our hearts and our, our, our hearts will become, uh, our worship will become authentic. Amen. Our worship will become real. It will become um, tangible. It will not just be a song that we are singing. It will not just be words that we are speaking, but it will be based on the revelation that we have that comes by the Spirit of God. That's why we need to be praying all the time because when we pray, we allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in us to open our eyes. The Bible says uh, it was Paul praying. He said that the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So we need and we depend on the Spirit of God to open the eyes of our hearts so that we can constantly see Jesus for who He is. Are we here? But take note, Bazelon, that our revelation of who Jesus is or the revelation that comes from the Spirit of God and our declaration of faith in who he is, it has to be followed by a life that is lived sacrificially. That life being lived sacrificially for who and what we worship. In one way or the other, in life, you will sacrifice for someone or for something. And your sacrifice will always reveal who you worship or what you worship. In other words, what you are willing to sacrifice for is definitely what you are worshiping in your heart. That's why I said this even last week. That unfortunately we are living in a time where it's almost like God must always check with us whether is it convenient for us before he can do anything. Because it seems as if, you know, the more we get used to God, the more we walk with God, we get used to him. And that reverential fear slowly dies down. Uh, we always feel like God is inconveniencing us, or we always feel like, you know, God must must not be too much in in our space, in our lives, or in our business. Does that make sense? Uh, and yet we are quick and ready to sacrifice for anything else. We are not willing to pay the price or to inconvenience ourselves when it comes to God. And as I said, that actually reveals who we worship in our lives. It reveals our priorities, what comes first in our lives. The first time worship is mentioned in the Bible, it is connected to sacrifice. The first first time worship is mentioned, it is connected to sacrifice. So in other words, before a song, I need to give God my life. And not just my life, but my sacrificial life. A life of sacrifice to say, God, when it comes to you, I will put you first. I will inconvenience myself. I will inconvenience my flesh. I will inconvenience whatever it is that has got to do with me for the sake of pleasing you. But unfortunately these days, like I say, we always insinuate that God is part of our lives. He's not our life, but he's part of our lives. That's why we'll say things like, Pella, we also have a life. When it it comes to doing things for God. We will not think twice to put God second. In a certain season, we can rearrange our lives for the sake of accommodating certain things. We can put God second. Finances, time, gifts, whatever it is, we can, at a time when it does not suit us, we can choose to say, ah, ah. not 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 this time i'll see next time and and that actually reveals to us where our hearts are i think my my biggest i love being a pastor i enjoy this calling but my biggest frustration with a calling of being a pastor is that we are always trying to disciple people into following this God that they don't really love, including Christians. You become a symbol or a sign of inconvenience in the life of Christians as a pastor because you are coming to make demands on behalf of God. And I realized that Christians... Well, those who claim to be Christians. Because true Christians will not follow and will not fall into the category I'm about to talk to talk about. Christians, they don't they don't really love God. They love the idea of church and Christianity. But when you look at our lives, there's no sacrifice involved. There are certain things that we will not lose for the sake of God. It's like, I I love God, I love going to church, but I, I, I will not take it to a level of sacrificing the things that I desire, the things that I love, the things that I want. If we want something, we will insist on having it, irrespective of how it affects our relationship with God. Look at the boyfriends we have. (laughs) Look at the girlfriends we have. Look at the lifestyle we are living. It tells you that to most of us, God comes second, if not last. We are not bothered. That I love God as long as he does not inconvenience me if he's asking more than what I am willing to give, then that's where I draw the line. Because it's easy to give God something that you can. Right? It's easy. And that's why the Bible talks about a sacrifice, because a sacrifice, it is when God asks from you something that you cannot afford to lose. Abraham, in that context where he said he was going to worship when he was going to offer his son, God asked him his only begotten son that he gave him, by the way. He asked and God gave him the only son. And then later on, God came and said, give me the son. Let me see how much are you willing to hold on to him, especially if it's me asking. Many of us, we know, if God can come for your boyfriend, you can die. (laughs) Because as far as we are concerned, you can't afford to lose him. Many of us, if God can come for your sexual life, If God can just come and say, please, man, keep yourself pure until you get married. Not, not so that you can look good as a Christian, but as worship unto God. The Bible says, you see, when we come and then we twist scriptures, then muskiafano uses shut." My dear sister, you are not married. At least we are not aware of your marriage. You are still single. Remain single. No, where, where does it say that sex before marriage is sin? Just go and read any verse in the Bible that has the word fornication in it. And go to the dictionary and, and know what is the definition of fornication. Then you, do, you will know how much of a sin it is. Can you sacrifice your life for the one you worship? And say, God, I'm not just giving you a song. I'm giving you my life. I want my life to join in, in my worship to you. I, I recite a good theme for the king. Is God that much of a king in your life? I, mean, I was alone. I petal alone. I was Christians are capable of anything. And yet, we claim to love God. That's what I'm saying. As a pastor, my biggest frustration is that we we lead people who said they want to be Christians. But when we teach them and tell them how to become a Christian, they don't want it. They don't like it. That's my biggest frustration. And unfortunately, I'm stuck with this calling forever. I wish I can change it. I wish I can just, you know, serve in a church and because sometimes these things burn in our hearts and in our desire for God's people, but God's people don't want them. They they would rather compromise the best that God has for them because they don't want to be inconvenienced by God. In other words, they refuse to sacrifice. It's like, I'll worship you through something that is easy. But if it's a sacrifice, no, I'm not willing to do it. Romans 12 verse one. I'm going to read it in the uh, New Living Translation. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. The question is, as a Christian, can you give God your body to say, Lord, not just my spirit, not just my soul, but even my body belongs to you. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be, he says, a living and a holy sacrifice. A living and a holy sacrifice. Can I be that kind of a person before God? I'm not going to wait until I'm dead for me to belong to you. Even while I'm living, I will be a living sacrifice. Not just living, but holy. In the midst of everything else that is happening in the body of Christ, I still choose an unpopular thing. I choose to be holy. Not because I have a position in the church, but it is out of my desire to please you as my God. Out of my desire to worship you. You know, as Christians these days, we mess our lives into marriage. It's like, I'm ready to mess it up here and my only escape is marriage. Because it's convenient on both sides. So, before marriage, an inconvenience, uh, 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 and inconvenience, and, and not sacrifice anything. Because before or after, I don't want to be inconvenienced. That's why, Noma Sesingale. It's difficult for us to sacrifice for God. Because God has certain standards in marriage that must keep you married. And if I was not ready to sacrifice for God before marriage, how, how do I even think I'm going to sacrifice on the other side? Because even on the other side, God has certain demands. Because we want to give God beautiful songs, but not beautiful lives. We want to give God beautiful voices, but not beautiful lives. It begins with a life. Are we here, Bazalon? says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. The kind he will find acceptable. So in other words, with regards to God, there are certain things which are not acceptable. That we might want to give God. Listen, let me put it this way. God wanted to bless Abraham and Sarah. You know that story. With a child, and he promised them, he said, he said to Abraham, Look, you are going to be a father of the nations. But at some point he was impatient, Banosar. and they cooked something for them. And uh, before Isaac, before Isaac, and they wanted to give him to God. To do with him what he desired to do, what he wanted to, and God said, "I'm not going to be pressurized to do what I promised." So in other words, to God there are certain things which are not acceptable, irrespective of whether Ziletwa Yimi. lento ah. It's like no, I'm I'm not there. I he says, okay, Ishmael, okay, there's but but I my covenant is with Isaac. So in other words, there's an Isaac kind of life yeah. that 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 God will not settle for any other thing. He's looking for the Isaac kind of why? Because who oh, Isaac, look, look, who oh, Isaac, Unkulunkulu was going to request a sacrifice from him. Mm. Ishmael was not going to do it because, mm. because we can do it again. But with, with Isaac, it was a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why when God said, give me this one, so, so we, we, we as Christians, we are ready for settling for Ishmael type of lives, type of situations. We want to impose on God sacrifices that He did not ask for. That's why utavite uti a broken spirit and a contrite heart is what you ask for. Said so you did not ask for any other things that we. It's so easy for us to give to you. Can God have your life? Can God have your life? Why are you are still alive? Beyond the grave, where you had options of going crazy and going wild. That's where God, at the prime of your life, give God your prime years in your twenties. Why are you are still fresh? I. So petite, very good. No, was I when? So so you can tell. Was I when? That's why. That's why. Bazolan Solomon puts it this way. He says, "In the days of your youth, remember the Lord your God." zingakafiki insuku la uthi awuthokozi khona that's what we do we want to give God days where vele so uboreki vele awusena vele seba kumuyi vele nje akusepelini i there's there's the ugathele kanuthi enkosi ngiya zendlala yebo nkosi ngiza kuwe Ah, no, 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 no. While you are still fresh, while you are still lookable, while the enemy has something that he desires, while there is still a destiny pending in your life. When the enemy is asking for you, when the enemy is asking for you, remember what Jesus said to Peter. he said, the enemy, Satan, has asked for you. In those days when the enemy is asking for you in your prime days, in your prime years, when there are still boys, and they are coming after you during those years, and you can say no for God. You say no for God because you want to keep yourself in a sense that, God, I want to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. Want to be here for you so that you can use me. Why there's nothing much that can be done. That's why the Bible says, glorify God with your bodies. Can you honor God with your body? With how you look? And decide who touches that body, who does not touch that body. Who looks at that body, who does not look at that body. You take care of this body because you are saying, God, if you need to use it, you will find it good and clean and healthy. Loving it and taking good care of it for the sake of God and the assignment that he has for you. Can my life, can my life be that kind of a life. That's where worship needs to flow from. Listen, God is not looking for a beautiful voice. God is looking for a beautiful life. God is not just looking for my skill, my talent, my ability to serve him. God is looking for my life to serve him glorifying Him with my thoughts, with I allow into my mind, into my heart. In everything that I do on daily basis, let it be unto God. Let it be unto God. That's why the Bible says, everything that you do, do it as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. At work as unto the Lord. The way I carry myself, it's not because I want to be regarded as the best employee or I want to be regarded as, as, but as unto the Lord. I'm doing it for God. And sometimes it's inconveniencing in my life. Sometimes it's not comfortable. But why am I doing it? I'm doing it for the Lord. Because I want it to be a living sacrifice. So in other words, a song, Bazelon, is not worship in itself. But it is a fruit or an expression of true worship. By the time I sing a song, it has to be when my life as a believer finds a song that expresses a testimony of who Jesus is in my life. So in other words, when I come into a church service, I am not just singing unto God, but I am going to take my life and position it into a song and use the lyrics that are being expressed to to locate where I am in my walk with God and express it in other words God I'm not just singing a song to you but I am expressing my life I'm giving you I'm telling a life story through a song I am finding the perfect lyrics that will find a part in my life in my walk with you I have a story to tell I have a song to sing there are some lyrics that correspond Respond with a certain season in my life. When we say I lay down my life before you, I know that there were seasons and there were moments when I truly laid down my life for you. When I sing a song and say I will worship no foreign god, there were moments in my life where I was tempted with bowing down before other gods. It's not just a song that I am singing, but it is a life that I'm offering before God. This is the moment where I will say, I have, I have more than a song today, but I have brought myself, I have brought my life, I have brought my seasons, I have brought my tears, I have brought my yeses, I have brought my noes. I have brought everything that has got to do. Let it be a sweet smelling aroma before you. In other words, I am not just going to be singing empty songs with empty words. But my life is in the middle of the lyrics. My life is in the middle of the song. My life is in the middle. When I'm saying, I know how to have a secret place with God. When my when my when the song says we bow down before you, I know that this is the only king of kings that my life is forever surrendered before. My life bows down before. Yes. This is the kind of worship that God is looking for. Not just the the kind of worship that is full of hypocrisy. Not just the kind of worship that it will just be a moment of crying just because I'm feeling good. But my life as I walk out will be a worship unto God. In other words, even when I am just sitting at home, my heart in a certain moment will be stirred up. My heart, there will be some fire and some passion that is going on from within my heart. And at that moment I will find the right song that is going to express how I am feeling at that particular point in time. And I'm going to express it unto my God. I'm going to express it unto my Father. I'm going to express it unto my King. The writer says, my tongue is like the pen of the ready writer. In other words, there are songs that I can write for myself. In other words, there are songs that I can come up with. There are certain compositions that I can come up with. I don't have to be a musician. I don't have to know how to sing. But from time to time, I find myself bubbling up with a song. bubbling up with a composition bubbling up with worship that flows from the heart of gratitude that flows from the heart of praise that flows from the heart of honor that flows from the heart of fear. That flows from the heart of even frustrations at times. That even when I am afraid, look at, listen to what David says. Bazelon, you need to read the Psalms as praise and worship unto God. These were not just stories that were written, but it was David expressing his day-to-day experiences with God's intervention. He writes a Psalm and he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil because you are with me. Those were not just words that he was reading from somewhere but it was something that he was experiencing at that particular point in time and he was reciting a song unto his shepherd. He was saying the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. It's as if he was having a conversation with himself having divine and supernatural encounters in the presence of God expressing them unto God The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. It was an experience in the presence of the Lord. He says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, Oh, my soul is thirsty after you. He says, "Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you." He says, "My body is longing for you. My soul is thirsty for you in a dry and in a barren world where there is no water." He says, "My heart, my tongue is like the pen of the ready writer." He says, "I have a story to tell. I have a testimony with this Jesus. I have a testimony with this God." I have a testimony of how he found me when I was a sinner, had no clue, when I thought I was clever, when I thought I knew what I was doing with my life but this savior found me this savior found me you see once you begin to worship in that way, all of a sudden amazing grace hits differently, because you say, how sweet the sounds that saved a wretch like me, because my mind is taking me to a place when I was a wretch, to a place when I was not so holy, to a place where I could not even mention the name of Jesus and this becomes amazing grace because I'm reflecting my life story and my life story takes me to a song that I am bringing as worship before my king and this very worship becomes part of my everyday life even my conversations they come worship with God. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians 5 verse 19. Speaking to one another. Speaking to one another. Speak. But this is what my Bible says. Speaking to one another. In Psalms and hymns. And spiritual song. In other words at that point. I cannot sing and wami. But I can quote that scripture. And say I know my redeemer lives. Because it is worship unto my God. I am praising my God at that particular point in time when they are singing about the name of Jesus I begin to reflect on moments where I have engaged this name of Jesus I have called upon the name of Jesus and indeed it becomes my place of refuge and my strong tower and my worship becomes authentic because it is more than a song but it's a life that I give to God Not just a life. But a holy life. A life of sacrifice. Sacrificing for my God. For my King. And say, God, for your sake and for your name's sake, I will go through this difficult season. For your name's sake, I will be inconvenienced. For your name's sake, I will dump him. For your name's sake... I will delete his numbers from my phone. For your name's sake, I will not have these kind of conversations with other people of the opposite sex. For 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 for, for, for your name's sake, oh God, I, I, I will block them in my inboxes. For your name's sake, oh God, so that my life becomes a living sacrifice, not just before men, but before you, oh God. There are certain things I will not entertain in my mind. For your name's sake, for your name's sake, because I don't just want to give you my ability to play drama. I don't just want to give you my ability to preach. I don't just want to give you my ability to, to work a camera, but I want to give you my life. I want to give you my life that as I stand behind this camera, my wife needs my life needs to be worshipped before you. As I hold the mic and preach, my life has got to be worshipped before you. As I clean in the church, my life has got to become true worship nothing, there's nothing that I desire than to worship you in spirit and in truth. My life has got to be in the equation. I am a worshiper. Not just an ordinary worshiper, I am a true worshiper. I am the kind of a worshiper that even as I lift up a song to you, it flows from my heart. I'm telling a story of my encounter with you. I am telling a story of how you have intervened in my in my life when I'm going to stand in your presence and begin to declare before you Oh God and say you lifted me up from the deep muddy clay, and you planted my feet on the Kings highway not just a song that I am singing, but I can see my life progressing from that place where I was stuck in life, stuck in sin, stuck in darkness and fear and frustration. But I saw you pull me out and putting my feet on solid ground when I'm going to sing and say Christ is my solid foundation. I know that because I have seen you, Lord, establishing my life, allowing me to build my life upon the solid foundation called Christ. Because before I knew Christ, everything that I've attempted to build, it came down crumbling. But when I came, oh God, my relationships became more stable. My finances became more stable. And even when I was thinking financially, but you pulled me out. And you re-established me. The story that I am telling. I was saying this epidemic was on. I don't want to be a hypocrite as a Christian. Posted something yesterday on social media. I said, in this season, sincerity is currency. With God and with people. Let's be sincere. Let's be genuine in our walk with God. God is not looking for the pretentious you. He's not looking for who you are pretending to be. He's looking for the real you. Your real and authentic story. Where are you in your walk with God? Where do you want him to find you? Not to look spiritual and all religious before men. Where you are. How you feel. Now when you know that you are far away from God, express it to God. Don't pretend to be in there before the throne. You know yourself you are in. Not even in the outer court. You are even outside. And you know that you need to take a step of repentance and return to God with a sincere and a genuine heart. Let us not come to church, Basilani. To come and pretend to be something that we are not. Let us be genuine. Knowing that we look all good on Sunday here. We lift up hands. We look all good. But yet when we walk out. We are bowing down. On, uh, before other altars. We are bowing down before other gods. We are giving in to different things that are happening. We are living defeated lives every day because we don't want to be sincere and authentic. Because we want to look all religious. I've resigned from that kind of Christianity because I've realized it is burdensome. It is heavy. I don't want Christianity and God to become part of my life. I want God to be my life. I want Christianity to be my way of life. Christianity is not a religion. It is a lifestyle. Let's leave it then. We can't leave it for two hours on Sunday. And for the rest of the hours during the week, we are not Christians. Let's be genuine Christians. Sincere. Authentic. How come, as Abba Zalwan, we'll pretend to be Christians, and, and then, but the things we say with our mouths, things we say with, uh, with uh, in worldly conversations. were a Christian man claiming as if he's justifying himself. No, eh, they have problems in their marriage. And then he says, ah, no, Uthi, eh, does not satisfy me anything. So that's why I'm hearing up eh? What? What? Christianity taught you to keep your flesh under. To subdue your flesh, put it on the altar and not let it allow and not not let it put pressure on you or dictate to you what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live your life. Worldly people can say that because they don't know how to subdue their flesh. They want to listen to the the desires and dictates of their flesh. But we as Christians... Men, we have the power to put the flesh under. That's why I always say my faithfulness to my wife, as much as I love her, as much as she's a good wife to me, but my faithfulness to her has got nothing to do with her. I'm not faithful to her because she's the most beautiful woman in the world or whatever the case may be. I'm faithful to her because of my relationship with God. In other words, with or without her in the equation, I'll still remain faithful to God. That's why some of us, once your you, you, your your marriage is messed up, so kichimile, so ngapange, so You're like, oh, I know. but how? So we but quickly, you have found someone. Now, in other words, adultery and fornication is no longer applicable to you because you are in the middle of a divorce. You remain pure and holy even when things are tough. Let's stand on our feet. Let's be real and authentic with God. Know yourself you are a Christian, you are a teenager, you are a Christian. You don't live according to what other teenagers are doing and they are saying. You are not just a teenager. You are a teenager with Christ. When they say teenagers are this, teenagers are that, tell them, your identity is not how the world defines being a teenager. Your identity is from Christ. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You don't have to have a girlfriend. You don't have to have a boyfriend. No, nah, nah. everybody does it. No, you are not everybody. You are a child of God. You are born again. You are a new creature in Christ. You can do things differently. Lastly, as I close, make it possible for God to hear you when you pray by just becoming a true and an authentic worshiper. John 9 verse 31, now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone, it says, if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. If anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Let's lift up our hands in this place. Just take a moment just to tell God how much you love Him, how much you appreciate Him. Let's take a moment to surrender your life before Him. Lord, we thank You. We lay down our lives before You, O oh God. We surrender all to you, O oh God. We yield to you. We lay down our lives, Father. We surrender to you. We give you, O oh God, our, our lives, our bodies, our hearts. Have your way in me, O oh God. Have your way in my life. Have Your way in, our, in my finances. Have Your way in my family, in my marriage. Have Your way in my mind, O oh God. Have Your way in my day-to-day experiences. Have Your way. Have Your way in me, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Have Your way, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Have Your way, O oh Father. Have Your way. Have Your way. Have Your way. Have your way, O Father, in me, O God. Have your way, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Shando Resikete de Bezaya. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.